Welcome or welcome back to Pre-Arb Excellence, a Roots-based Chicago Cubs podcast. Pull up a chair while I take a deeper dive into concerns for the team's present and future. Questions are always welcomed, whether on Twitter, Tim815, on the Anchor Contest line, or on my Facebook, Pre-Arb Excellence Group. Thanks for stopping by for today's episode, The Three Catcher Experiment, and ask me questions if I was confusing. I just finished a podcast a couple minutes ago, and I kind of left you hanging on a Cincinnati-Milwaukee doubleheader. And it finished up with the Reds winning six to one, six to nothing. So I decided I would do a little tiny bit of research because research is fun when you get to decide to do it. In 2007, in the women's Wimbledon, Nadia Petrova beat Vanaya King 6061 in the first round of the tournament. So when I hear a 6061 or a 62, you know, anytime it sounds like it's a tennis score, I'm going to look it up and I'm going to find somebody that had a tennis match that ended with that score because tennis scores are cool. I can't play tennis. I can't. Part of my problem with tennis is when you're serving, you have to be able to land the ball in the one square. And I have absolutely no idea. I have no hand-eye coordination. And landing that ball in the, that, the square that you have to, to to play tennis is just totally, completely beyond my capability. And if I would play against someone, they would be bored to death. And if I would accidentally land it in the right square, I'd get embarrassed on the court. So, yeah, I, I don't play. I used to play a little bit of racquetball, which was comical in and of itself. But, um, no, tennis, landing it in that one little tiny square that's only one-eighth of the side of the size of the court. No, I couldn't do that. But, uh, so the Reds win, and the Brewers are probably, per what I saw on the Twitter, which is certainly the most reliable source for any of this sort of information, probably they're going to be calling up Blast, somebody said. Um, their two options are Jacob Nottingham. I think that's who they said they were going to call up. Jacob Nottingham, I think, is going to be the guy they'll call up. He's a guy I remember from when he was in the Midwest League. He was kind of against everybody, but whenever he'd play against the Peoria Chiefs, who were a Cardinals affiliate then, he, he, was, he was like... Uh, Jose Abreu against the Cubs. It's like, forget it. Don't even, you know, don't even try to face him because he's going to crush them. So, um, still no word on Pedro Strope. Uh, we'll have to see on that. But I want to talk a bit about the three-catcher scenario, in part because the Brewers are having injury issues. Now, with three catchers. The Cubs have a bit of a history in going with three catchers with a 25-man roster. 
Now, part of the reason they could do that back then was because they had quite a bit of versatility in 2015. They had quite a few players, Zobrist for Ben Zobrist, for example, Chris Bryant, for example, who could oh, excuse me, who could play numerous positions. So since they had players who could go in numerous positions, they were more able to go with one less proper hitter and use a third catcher. Now, why would a team want to use a third catcher, especially when your third catcher generally isn't that good of a hitter? Back then, here where I, I did the research on this one, in 2015, their primary catchers were Miguel Montero, left-handed hitter, David Ross, right-handed hitter, and both of them generally had legitimate standard splits. So Montero wasn't going to hit much against lefties. Ross wasn't going to hit much against righties. It's not that they were going to be uh, first-team offense, all offense in the league against their um, primary, but they were better that, you know, it was better that way. David Ross would catch John Lester regardless who the pitcher was. I can't remember if Montero had anybody that he um, babysat, to use the term. But, uh, you know, they, they'd bounce it back and forth. And they would have a third catcher. The first in 2015, Wellington Castillo was the catcher for part of the time. Taylor Teagarden was the catcher for part of the time. Uh, at some point, Kyle Schwarber came up, and in 2015, he actually did occasionally catch, though it wasn't a thing where they were necessarily uh, hunting for opportunities to get him to catch. In 2016, Schwarber wasn't available, and for most of the year, it was Montero. And, well, the entire year, it was Montero and Ross. The third options were Tim Fedorovich. And when it was time for him to go away, he was replaced by Wilson Contreras. So if you have three catchers, that means it's a whole lot easier to pinch hit for your first guy. So if you have a left-hander and a right-hander, then it's a whole lot easier to mix and match. And if you eh, don't really like this situation, so I'm going to bring in this guy. With the Cubs now, Wilson Contreras is... The primary, if you had a 160-game season, he would probably catch 120, 125 games, whether that's a wise idea or not. And Wilson Contreras would catch most of the rest. And the idea of the third catcher is if something happens, you can have a catcher able to come in late and not have it materially change the strategy of the game. So if the Cubs have Josh Fegley on the bench, if they really don't like the matchup, they can bring in Fegley. I was, I'm, I've said a number of times, I was very surprised the time that Wilson Contreras got tossed and that night um, Victor Caratini was the designated hitter. They decided to bring in Caratini as the catcher instead of Fegley, I was surprised. I don't know. Maybe they don't like Fegley catching. I, I don't know. If anything happens to the Cubs catcher 
any of the three right now, I would imagine the first option up would be, um, oh, I'm not going to remember his name now. Uh, Jose Lobaton. Jose Lobaton would come up if anyone gets injured, and it doesn't matter which guy it would be. If it would be one of the two primary catchers that got injured, the other primary catcher would probably get a whole lot of time and not a whole lot of time at designated hitter. And Lobaton and Fegley would, wow, I don't know how they'd even do that. Lobaton has caught, Fegley has caught. If they are needed, they can be used. But the idea of having a third catcher is if you're deep enough at the other positions and you're not likely to need a you know, fourth whatever, Back then, the Cubs had Addison Russell and Javier Baez. So regardless what happened, they had a shortstop as long as one of those two was healthy. And now it's a case of they have Javier Baez and Nico Horner, I guess. They really don't have a pure backup at catcher which is usually a really, really helpful thing if you're going to go with three catchers. But the Cubs are going with three catchers, and they don't have a pure, bona fide, legitimate, reliable backup uh, third-string catcher. Or they don't have a bona fide, pure, legitimate backup shortstop. It would be helpful if they did. They don't. But in this season, they get a 28-man roster, so they've decided they want to go with an extra catcher. Hopefully, by next season, if they do decide to go with a third catcher, they will have someone internally developed to take over that spot. Thanks. Um, I do appreciate you guys swinging by. I noticed that between the 10 minutes I finished the last one and that time I started this one. I'd already had a number of listens, and those of us who are doing the podcast thing really like to see listens. That's kind of why we do this sort of stuff, because if you guys quit listening, there's no point in doing these. And if there's a podcast that you think is kind of cool, and you have a friend that might enjoy it, shoot along to them, say, hey, you might want to listen to this. This guy is um, not too horrible. Not too horribly lousy. You might enjoy it. Anchor also permits sponsorships, should you be interested in that. But the important thing is, I want you guys to continue to listen and continue to enjoy. I'm in a better mood tonight than I was this morning. This morning, I was in a dark place regarding baseball. Nonetheless, I pretty much wanted to do a podcast and I got one done. It wasn't uh, wasn't my favorite. It wasn't the best, but it was something. And once in a while, when I'm doing a podcast, I have to grind one out. Kind of like the uh, the pitcher who takes the mound and really doesn't have his command, really doesn't have his second pitch, really doesn't have his third pitch. <coughs> Excuse me. And he has to kind of create a way on the fly. To get through six or seven innings. And that's what this morning's podcast was. Tonight's, this evening's, they were better.
So if the team is going to be interested in doing the have three catchers scenario, that should probably be a bit of a long-term plan. And if it's going to be your long-term plan to go with three catchers most of the time, especially now that you're not going to be able to have a particularly extended roster come October, which seems to see seems to be one of the things that the commissioner wants to get rid of. And when I say the commissioner, I actually mean owners. Because owners tell the commissioner what they want to do, and the commissioner is the baddie. That's basically how it works. So um, if the Cubs want to have three catchers on the roster, and generally that's actually a kind of a good idea if you can pull it off. Not all teams can because it's tough to find three catchers that are worth having on your roster, particularly if you're looking at the free agency minor league free agency every year, because you can find a guy like a Josh Fegley. You can find a guy like a Jose Lobaton, but that's really not what you want your third catcher to be. Ideally, and this is absolutely difficult to do, but if the Cubs can parlay this, they'll be in really good shape long-term. And it's the same with any position, but catcher is kind of especially useful this way because so many teams have bad catching. I, I was listening, uh, Manny Pena is okay. Narvaez had a good year last year. He's doing okay this year. The Brewers are kind of okay at catcher and the, uh, Cardinals, well, if Yadier Molina, I, I still think he's really good. Um, regardless what you think of him, I still think he's pretty good. But it, when you have teams that struggle to have a second or struggle to have even a first catcher that can get it done, if any team, any organization can start to churn catching, that's amazing. That's huge. The Cubs right now, for instance, have Wilson Contreras and... Contreras may or may not sign an extension. Some people like to say, I want to trade Wilson Contreras because the Cubs have Victor Caratini and they have Miguel Amaya coming up and then they have these other guys down a bit further, etc., etc., etc. What generally ends up working the best for creating systemic depth and again this works at every level with every team if they can pull it off but it's tough to do you'll know why in a couple of minutes the best way to project that a player will do well at for instance the advanced a level is did he kick butt at the A level. For instance, I'm going to use the teams that the affiliates that the Cubs had in 20, 
19. If a team has somebody kicking butt at South Bend, you might figure there's a decent chance that the next year he might kick butt at Myrtle Beach. Fair? Seems like it. Now, it's not a guarantee that it'll work, but that's the best way. You can usually project out one level and have a decent degree of confidence. If somebody did really well at one level, they'll probably do well at the next. So if the Cubs can get numerous catchers who are doing good at the lower levels, just keep moving them up. So you get a guy to advance day, he does well there, you move him up to double A. If he's doing well at double A, you move him up to triple A. And you're as patient as you have to be, but you want guys to start to eventually kick butt. Miguel Amaya did very well at Advanced A last year. It wasn't an ideal situation, but he did well. So this year he should have been in double A ball. This year's been a complete screw up as far as minor leagues. So I have no idea how prepared Amaya will be for double A or triple A in 2021. Nobody has any idea how that's going to work now. But the Cubs don't have anything further than Amaya at the upper levels. Perhaps, perhaps, perhaps P.J. Higgins might be good enough to be a backup catcher slash utility guy. He might be. Had a number of people say, yes, I think he could probably be successful at the major league level. Um, I think they're probably a bit biased, but they think he can do well. So we'd have to see. And next year, if he remains in the organization, possibly gets added to the 40-man roster, perhaps he doesn't get selected in the Rule 5 draft, whatever, whichever, Higgins could be a third catching option. And then what you would have is, if that works, and it could, the Cubs would then have Contreras, Caratini, and P.J. Higgins at the major league level. So if you have three catchers and teams across the league are saying, you know what? All three of those guys are good. All three of those guys I would like to have in our organization. You can find out when that happens because it's going to be a case of other teams are saying, I want to add other fans are saying, I want to add that guy to our organization. It won't be a case of Cubs fans saying, yeah, 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 you should be interested in this guy. There's a difference. When someone else wants the player on your team, then they've impressed somebody. When you're trying to say, you guys should be interested in this guy, there's no interest in him. And if someone else wants him, that means he's probably doing really well. So if the Cubs can get to the point where P.J. Higgins looks like a good enough catcher to be a long-term, useful, backup, slash, potential starter. And Victor Caratini is who he is, and Wilson Contreras is who he is. Then, if Miguel Amaya 
starts to represent at the double A level that he's churning, then what do you do? You move him up to triple A, right? Well, if he starts churning at triple A, now you have a glut. Now you have four catchers, all of whom are usable, and every team in the league wants another catcher. So then what people will start would start doing, if Higgins is good, and Caratini is good, and Contreras is good, and Amaya is seeming good, then other teams will, okay, how about this? How about this? You guys are going to bring up Amaya anyway. He's going to be your starter or your backup. How about we trade a quality piece to you for... Caratini, or a really good quality piece to you. And a lot of times we're going to be talking about prospects along these lines. For uh, Contreras, when you start backing up talent at any position, that only happens when you have a guy hitting really well in AAA. It doesn't matter what the position if you have a guy who's in AAA who's doing really well and there's no apparent spot for him on the roster at the major league level, you're starting to look like the Dodgers, which is the goal. Regardless of the position, you want to have more guys in your organization then you more quality players. And, and I'm not talking about, oh, I really like Albert Almora because of this and that and the other thing. I'm talking about guys who are absolutely crushing the ball at AAA or demanding 500 at-bats at the major league level. Either or. Demanding, not, well, we could put him in and it won't totally kill us. You know, kind of like Josh Fegley. Well, you could probably play him. 150 at-bats, and it might not kill... No, that's not what we're talking about. To have a three-catcher rotation, there's two basic ways of doing it. Have two completely legitimate guys that you want to um, play somewhat regularly, and a third guy that, hey, we got this guy. He's, he's here. We don't imagine we'll play him a whole lot. I really, really, really don't like having the catcher's DH... Uh, David Ross likes to, so be it. It would be a lot more useful if the Cubs had, for instance, a spare outfielder that was mashing the ball, and they'd go that way. That hasn't happened yet. So we wait. But uh, the three-catcher rotation works perfectly well if the top two are... One other thing I... I I was going to forget, but I'll throw it in. Catchers are going to get hurt. Somebody is going to get hurt. And it's not going to be a case of this guy got hurt because I mentioned it. I do not want anybody to get hurt. But when you are using your catchers more than absolutely necessary, that increases the likelihood that one of them will go down. And if one of them goes down, then the Cubs will have to make a roster move to call up the fourth one. At some point, they'll have to probably do that anyway, and hopefully it won't be anyone too vitally important that ends up getting designated when that happens. But uh, unless you have 
two catchers that stay incredibly healthy through an entire season, however long the season is, you're going to need a fourth catcher because you're not going to want to go into a game where your starting catcher is whoever, your backup catcher is injured, and you have nobody else. That's just not the way it goes. Teams will always have a backup catcher. And the idea of having a third catcher is because sometimes you'd like to mix and match your first two guys and sometimes get one of them a day off or at least a partial day off. So the premise behind having three catchers is they're not going to all, they're not going to both stay healthy the entire time. And if you end up having three catchers on your roster and Contreras is going to be out three or four days, you can work around it. You can work around it. Uh, might want to make, if it's going to be anything more than that, you're going to want to make a desert, um, make an IL move and bring up Jose Lobaton. And if that ends up happening, then toward the end of the season, well, when all four of the catchers are healthy, then you'll probably want to designate one of them because you don't, um, you don't want to have four catchers cluttering your four-man roster, and the Cubs actually already have four, with Miguel Amaya being one of them. And Miguel Amaya is not ready. If it ends up being a situation where the Cubs end up needing a catcher for two days, Victor Caratini is out. He's not going to be back. Let's put it this way. Caratini is going to go on paternity leave or something along those lines. He's going to go away, and you know it's only going to be for two days or three days. You can have it be Wilson Contreras and whoever the third catcher would be, Fegley or uh, Lobaton. Or in that instance, you might want to call up Miguel Amaya. Because it's just for a short time, and Amaya could possibly fill in defensively. He's not going to do anything offensively, and you know that, at least not yet. So if it ends up being a situation where one of the catchers is going to go away for two or three days, and that's the maximum they're going to make, then you might want to call up Amaya, get him a free at bat, send him back down to um, South Bend, and go with it that way. But in general, you really don't want to call up the fourth catcher because it's a, it's an inconvenience on the roster. So there is a logic behind having three catchers, even if the third catcher is going to be crappy and isn't going to play very much. There is a logic. It's worked before. It worked in 2015. It worked in 2016. And whether you remember it as such or not, David Ross was a terrible hitter back in 2015. Absolutely terrible. There were numerous people who were saying, why is this stinking guy even on the roster? He's terrible. No, he's not terrible. He just doesn't hit. Well, that's why I'm at. He can't hit. Well, he didn't say that. He said he's terrible. So uh, the Brewers are facing a mild catching crisis, and the Cubs have three catchers, so they're not. One of the reasons you have three catchers is if it absolutely boils right down to it, 
You don't have to bring up a third guy because you already have a third guy available. Thanks for stopping by Pre-Arb Excellence. I'll try to post another podcast as circumstances warrant. I'll attempt to make that worth your time as well. Be safe. Go Cubs, go. And be nice to people.